It's the Morning Blitz. What is this, amateur hour? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central, on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. Cruising along on a Wednesday morning, once again, foggy, 48 degrees outside here in northwest Kansas. So once again, be cautious as you're out getting about this morning. Uh, quite foggy out there, as a matter of fact. I don't know the exact distance, but it's pretty foggy, so be careful. Welcome to the program, our good friend. Once again, talking sports at WWW in Topeka, former co-host of the Morning Blitz. Uh, it's Dan Lucero joins us now. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ross. I'm doing well. Uh, hope for uh, hope for the same for you and uh, for all of our listeners this morning. As you know, Dan, I'm doing pretty good this morning, my friend. I'm doing fine. I'm I'm perched high on a cloud here today, cloud nine, as they like to say. So, feel- yeah, and, and I feel bad that uh, that you're having me on your show today because uh, I'm I'm gonna rain all over that parade a little bit. I, I know. I want you to understand. I want you to understand uh, before we go any further that this is absolutely not personal. And this is absolutely not a uh, – this has nothing to do with you, and this really doesn't have a whole lot to do necessarily with the Arizona Diamondbacks either, who are the uh, the National League champions. So uh, we'll just lay that lay those ground rules uh, going into the conversation. Don't worry. I gave the I gave the listeners a, 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 a firm warning. Said Dan's going to come on here, and he's going to he's going to he's going to you know put a little rain on this parade. But that's all right because you know Dan has to. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to go into Dan with a fight on on different thoughts about this. But I. How remarkable is it that two teams that lost over 100 games just two years ago are playing for a World Series? It's uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, uh, it's it's probably that it's and, and I, I should I say probably uh, this is this is verifiable stuff that you can go look up, and it is the most unlikely. World Series matchup in over 30 years. You have to go back to 1991 when both the Twins and the Braves went worst to first. They were last place teams in 1990 and uh, won their respective divisions and went to the World Series in 1991. And those two teams uh, played a classic, maybe maybe the best World Series ever, certainly one of the most dramatic uh, when it comes to Game 6 and Game 7. And uh, if we're lucky, we'll get something similar this year. I want to start with with just the series that that Arizona took down Philadelphia because it looked like as if it was going to be all Philly. They they ran rough shot right through the Diamondbacks the first two games, and then Arizona clods their way back to win this series. I mean, it to me it was just so unlikely. I didn't expect after they got down two zero and then to have to come back and win you know two in Philly. This was going to happen. I mean, it just seems so unlikely. Uh, and in your opinion, of the guy who watches and follows baseball a lot, how did they pull this off? I think it had a lot to do with what the stars, the heavy hitters for Philadelphia did not do, and that was hit. Uh, the, the thing that has stood out about both of Arizona's series wins, uh, moving past the, uh, the, the best of three wildcard series, in their series against the Dodgers, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman were a combined, I think, one for 24, something like that. They had one hit between them in the three games. And uh, it's really hard to win when your best players don't produce. And uh, once again, uh, that's what happened with Philadelphia in this series after they took a 2 nothing lead. Three of their best hitters, Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner, and Bryce Harper, 0 for 23 
in games six and seven. 0 for 23, 2 for 17 as a team with runners in scoring position over the final two games. I mean, that's uh, that's how you win. You get production from your stars. You, you get hits when you cash in your scoring opportunities. And the Phillies just suddenly stopped doing that and uh, stopped get, did not get production from their stars. Much like the uh, much like the Dodgers did, and that has been uh, that has been the downfall of the teams that have faced Arizona is they have not gotten the production they expect. Now Bryce Harper was about half a grain of wood away from a three-run homer that would have put the Phillies ahead in the seventh inning last night, but uh, almost doesn't count. No, it doesn't. Uh, Dan Lucero, our guest, yeah, the top three: Schwarber, uh, Turner, and Harper went a combined one of twenty-eight over the final two games. Um, and those three guys set the tone, obviously, for this Phillies lineup, like you said, uh, which which does make it, I don't know, it does seem improbable. And how, how much of it, and I'm going to stick to the point here, I guess I've thought of, and you can shoot it down if you like, but how much of it, you know, you mentioned when we talked last time or when we previewed postseason baseball, you said, you know, it comes down to power arms and power bats. And that may be true, but if you can't get it out of the yard, how much does it come down to just being able to manufacture runs? Because it sure seemed like Arizona was able to do that, especially in Game 7, You know, whether it was getting on base, stealing or bunting, and then driving a guy in. How much is it just about manufacturing runs? And that's kind of a lost art in baseball these days. Well, you do. You have to score more runs to the other team, and it is easier to score those runs when the ball goes over the fence. But uh, Philadelphia did not have, uh, it seemed, uh, an answer uh, when the ball stopped going over the fence. And... The Diamondbacks, to your point, and I think it's a good point, all year long they have created offense in other ways. They, you know, move runners up, get them in, the, the well-timed two-out single up the middle or the single through the hole in the infield uh, to create offense in that way. It's a little 2015 Royals-ish, to be honest. The, the whole ethos of just keeping the line moving, keep the inning alive, Keep the opportunity alive for the next person. Draw a walk if you can't uh, put the ball in play. Just keep the inning going. Keep the line moving. Uh, that's kind of offensively what they've done. Um, and, and it does run counter to what we've seen the last few years, which is teams that have kind of bashed their way through October. So uh, it, it's different, but it has been no less effective. Because the other part, I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned the power, power bats, but power arms the hot bullpen and that's uh, that's certainly what Arizona is riding right now uh, that they have uh, been able to really uh, extend their bullpen and get good work from from a host of different guys and uh, that was crucial I mean they don't get to the point that they got if they don't win a bullpen game in game four of, of this series and their bullpen certainly outperformed Philadelphia's bullpen in that best of seven. That's where I think I see the comparison to the Royals of 2015 is the bullpen. You know, they could get it back to HDH, and then they and then they would just finish and win out the games. And it's a little bit bigger for Arizona, but that's where I see the the draw and conclusion is that that bullpen they get to the bullpen and it's pretty much over from there. At least it has been to this point. Yeah, and uh, you know the bigger the bigger postseason, the more teams that get in, um, the more that we have seen. And and this isn't just in the six team format the last two two years. It's it's from the five-team format that we had there for a decade or so, even going all the way back to the addition of the wildcard team. And you can even go back further than that if you want. I mean, you can point to you point to the Nasty Boys of the 1990 Cincinnati Reds, who I don't think anybody thought going into that postseason were the best team in baseball, but they had 
Randy Myers and Norm Charlton and Rob Dibble in the late innings and short games that way. So uh, that's uh, that's an October tradition as well, is, is you get guys in the back end of the bullpen that are hot and uh, that are tough for other other teams to figure out and make big pitches in big spots. Dan Lucero, our guest here on the Morning Blitz. Okay, let's get into it here. You don't like the Diamondbacks making the World Series. That's fine, but you have a reason for it, and this is your stage to let people know why. I've not ever been in favor of the expansion to a 16 playoff. I, I thought uh, the, the more the more teams you add to the postseason, the more you water it down. Uh, Major League Baseball's postseason still is, but but it always traditionally has been the hardest one to make. Uh, one where your performance over the longest regular season is more rewarded. You have to be a great regular season team, typically, to get into the postseason. The Diamondbacks were not a great regular season team. They were outscored in the regular season, uh, in fact. They, they gave up more runs than they scored. Uh, they backed into the sixth seed in the National League. They lost their last four games of the regular season. If the Cubs hadn't tripped over their own two feet, we could be talking about Cody Bellinger and Justin Steele right now and not, uh, not Zach Gallen and Corbin Carroll. So, um there, there, there's my opposition to it in that sense, that the sixth seed is not a thing that should exist uh, in Major League Baseball, and that, uh, that, that just ideologically opposed to that. Uh, my larger and broader concern with the six-team postseason is that now this is two straight years where the sixth seed has made the World Series. The Phillies, remember last year, they won 87 games. They were the sixth seed in the National League. And they got hot, and they, they rode their momentum from their upset win over the Cardinals in the, uh, I think it was the Cardinals, in the uh, wild card round, and were able to take that all the way to the World Series. And so, you know, twice in two years, we don't have a big enough sample size to know if this is feature or bug, that teams who enter in the wild card round are able to leverage the momentum and leverage the fact that they're playing ball while the teams that have buys cool their heels for five days and use that to their advantage and, and have, a, have a, maybe a little bit of an advantage in, in the postseason format. We don't know if that's true or not. We'll, we'll find out with more data. We'll find out, you know, 10 years down the road, this could all sound very silly. We could be looking back and saying, it's weird that the sixth seed made the World Series back-to-back years where, you know, we've had 100-win teams in the postseason each of the last eight. Like, very well could be a blip on the radar. But I am concerned that it is not. And the reason I am concerned that it is not is that the trend in baseball over the last 20 years has been – for teams, and, and this is, I blame Moneyball for this. Moneyball, I used to think, was like the best thing that ever happened to baseball, and now I think it's one of the worst, truthfully, uh, that has ever happened to baseball because it's given the ownership class an excuse to not really try to build a great team and to just kind of hope that you have one that is good enough to be there in October. And then maybe your bullpen gets hot. Maybe Maybe you've got a you know, maybe you got a nine-hole hitter who hits like Ted Williams for two weeks, and boom, all of a sudden, you're in the World Series. And you've outlasted teams that spent millions of dollars on free agents with the express desire to build a champion. 
fewer and fewer teams do that anymore. You can count them on one hand, the number of teams that went into this year who made significant investments in trying to build a winner. And for the rest of the league, it's, it feels like they will point to the success of the Diamondbacks and say, hey, all we got to do is be good enough. All we have to do is be good enough. And that's why we're not going to spend on major league free agents. That's why you just be patient with us. We're not going to spend this year. But look at the 2023 Diamondbacks. Maybe that could be us. Maybe the wind will blow us in that direction. And maybe that won't be every team, but I can damn sure promise it's going to be the team that I root for. It's going to absolutely be the team that a lot of people in the state of Kansas root for in the Royals. And uh, those are the two teams I'm most concerned about uh, as, a, as a matter of course, the, the one I love the most and the one I cover for work. And if those teams are going to use the Diamondbacks as an excuse not to spend money and not to try to build a winner and just kind of hope it comes together and hope you sneak into the playoffs despite getting outscored over 162 games, and hey, maybe we'll just get hot, I, I think that's bad. I, I think that'll be an excuse for owners to pocket more profit, and I think that's bad for baseball potentially in the long run. So it, I don't like where this is going. Isn't, isn't it, though, kind of – Cool. I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it gives a little bit of hope to those like Rockies and Royals fans. But the thing that I th- see about the Diamondbacks is that they they may they 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 develop this team. A lot of these guys that they have, you know, they went and they, they traded they traded pieces away to bring in these young prospects, and they developed them into the players that they are. And then that's something that's something that's kind of I don't know unique. Instead of going out and buying everything, which is fine, you can certainly do that. But, you know, having these guys develop in your organization and then have them play their best ball for your organization, I mean, that's kind of unique and cool to see at the major league level, in my opinion. It can be very rewarding, no doubt. I mean, look, I would I would feel very differently about this if we were talking about the 84-win, six-seed Colorado Rockies. I wouldn't give a damn about any of this stuff. I'd be happy that it was my guys. So I don't begrudge <laughs> anybody, least of all you, uh, your, your right to feel that way. But I, I also think that, uh, it, let, let me say this too, that I reserve the right to eat my words on this. This could be a Diamondbacks team that is arriving a year ahead of schedule and that this could be the start of a four or five year run where Corbin Carroll and company w- rip off a bunch of 90 plus win seasons and their October mainstays. And, and maybe they Maybe they win this title. Maybe they win another one. Maybe they win a couple more pennants. And then I'll be able to look back in retrospect and say, okay, yeah, we had, uh, we had the Diamondbacks wrong in, uh, in 2023. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't a hot October fluke. That was, that was the start of something. And, and I'll eat my words half a decade from now. You can have me on this show, and I'll eat my words. <laughs> but uh, what I see right now is a team that they won 77 games last year, and their response was, we're going to go sign Evan Longoria. And that was the that was their biggest free agent addition to the team. And that, I mean, yeah, obviously the biggest addition was they got Corbin Carroll in the lineup every day, and he's one of the best players in the National League already. But end of the day, 162 games told me what I needed to know about this team was that they were pretty mediocre. And if they had been in the in the American League, they would not have been in the playoffs. They would have been the eighth seed in the American League playoffs. There are better American League teams that didn't even make the playoffs. So. That's what 162 games told me, and I'm going to trust that over a hot 12-game October sample for now because you know who else won 9 out of 12 games in September? The Kansas City Royals, and I know who they are too. 
<laughs> Great point. Uh, real quick, we'll get you out of here. Um, who wins the World Series, in your opinion, Rangers or Diamondbacks? I, it's hard to pick against Arizona. I think they've got a deeper bullpen than Texas, and I think that kind of matters. Uh, I guess the question will be, have they leaned too heavily on that bullpen, and are they able to hold up against uh, a Rangers lineup that has been – one through nine, I think the best lineup in this postseason. That's the thing about them is you can you look at the the what the Dodgers and the Phillies were rolling out there. There were some weaknesses in like the bottom third of that order. The Rangers haven't displayed those weaknesses uh, one through nine to this point in the postseason. Although whatever alchemy the Diamondbacks have been spinning that makes the the hot hottest bats go cold. Maybe maybe Adelise Garcia goes 0 for 34 with 19 strikeouts in the World Series. Who can say? <laughs> at this point, at, at this point, I'm I'm willing to consider any of the possible options. It's very hard to pick against Arizona. I think Texas is the better team, but what Arizona has done for the first 12 games of this postseason might be more sustainable over another best of seven series. Uh, Tend to go process over result. Process leads me to the better team. I think Texas is probably better. I think they win in six. But, again, hard to pick against what the Diamondbacks have done to this point. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Dan Lucero, our good friend. Thank you, Dan, for the time. Have a great rest of your week, my friend. Always a pleasure, and congratulations to you, Ross. You should enjoy this very, very much. I hope you do. I will do so. Thank you, Dan. Once again, great stuff. Yes, I remember we were when Dan was on the show a few years ago. We were joking about how the Diamondbacks had the worst hitting, uh, worst uh, hitting hitter team hitting average. Like it was like one seventy two as a team or something like that. They're absolutely atrocious. A couple of years ago, back in twenty twenty one, and now playing for a World Series, pretty unique. All right, we got to get to break. Come back. A quick college football power five is next here on the Morning Blitz.